Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 174. And today we're talking about oh, something that we all long for, I think. You know, what is my purpose? What's my place? Where do I belong? Where do I fit in? What am I doing here? All these things are covered in this great passage from 1 Peter. You know, when Jesus said, come follow me, which was one of the phrases he used a lot, you know, come and follow me. I think that a part of what he meant was, follow me into a new way of living. It's time to to grow up. It's time to grow up spiritually. It's time to grow up emotionally. It's like, come follow me and, and learn my ways. You can live the way I lived in this world. And actually, it's not just Jesus that said this. This is a theme that runs through the, the New Testament. Paul said the same thing. Now, Paul was one of the apostles that wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He used the phrase, leave behind childish ways of thinking and leave behind childish ways of thinking and living and grow up, grow up in your faith which looks like grow up in your life, grow up into the person that God created you to be. I often think of that as, you know, us without the baggage. You know how we all have baggage? I think if we were to fully grow up, we would be ourselves without all the baggage. We would be ourselves without all the wounds which is kind of an amazing thing to think about, right? So this theme runs throughout the New Testament about, yes, you can change, you can grow up into your, well, the scripture says, grow up into salvation. And remember, we've looked at that word before. It means wholeness. So it's like you can grow up and become more whole, more of who you desire to be and certainly more of who God created you to be. So both Jesus and Peter and Paul, Peter and Paul, of course, were one of the main leaders in the early church after the resurrection, all have this theme that, you know, when you're following Christ, it's not just a case of getting baptized, if you've been baptized, or joining a congregation. No, no, it's, it's a lot more than that. It's about beginning the inner work the spiritual work of growing up. And we're looking at a passage today where, a text where Peter is encouraging his congregation to, you know, really move ahead. And he says, you know, now that you believe in this resurrected Jesus, okay, we've had Easter. We, we get Easter, we understand that in the sense that we know, yeah, we, we're followers. This one is alive to us. Okay, Peter says, now, we have to learn how to grow up. Because this Christ is the cornerstone and the foundation of our lives. And when you make this one the cornerstone and the foundation of your life, you can be sure that the building of your entire life will be shaped by this foundation and this cornerstone. So 
this is where Peter's going with this passage. And he starts with recognizing, he's kind of one of these straightforward types of pastors and teachers. He wants his people to, to grow up and mature. Doesn't want them to stay like babies. And he looks at this group of people, this congregation, and he sees that there are things in their lives that cause them a, a lot of suffering. One thing is that there, there's trouble in the group. And we know this from our personal experience, whether there's trouble in our family or any conflict at our work or conflict with our spouse or our partners, we know that that causes suffering. And it also, of course, causes suffering in larger groups like congregations or workplaces, in the office, whatever, the school, the college, it doesn't really matter. So what Peter does in this passage is, is that he doesn't really beat around the bush. He's pastoring this congregation in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. He wants them to have a good foundation. They're young in their understanding of God and themselves. There's friction among the people. There's some relational stresses and difficulties. And he knows, Peter knows how quickly this kind of stress depletes people, emotionally as well as spiritually. And so he writes them, I'm just going to give you the, the verse. This is actually word for word. He says to the people, and this is obviously great for any generation and any age. He says, get rid of all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and get rid of envy and slander and like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk so that you can grow up. Now, what he's done there is, is that Peter has just identified some very common reg, red flags that tell us that something's wrong and something's off track in our lives. Like, for example, he uses malice. What's that? Well, it's a desire to cause someone distress. If you have a desire to cause someone distress, yeah, that's a red flag, he'd say. Yeah? Pay attention to that. Deceit? What's that? Well, when your motives aren't pure, when you do something or say something, you don't really mean it. You're not really being honest. You have another agenda. Peter would say, okay, pay attention to that. Pay attention to it. Or hypocrisy. That's just pretending to be something you're not. Pay attention to that, I'd say. That's a sign that, not is, that all is not well, or envy or slander. All these things, Peter would say, they're just characteristics of immature people. And that's just a sample, right? That's just a sample of immaturity. Uh, he'd say this stage brings much pain to yourself, and it brings a lot of pain to those around you. So if you have someone in your life that struggles with envy, you already know this, right? If you have someone who's envious of you, you know the pain that that's already caused you. And we've looked at that great phrase before that, you know, when our own 
pain and our own wounds aren't attended to. They're just transferred on into someone else. We've all experienced this, right? Now, you might not have trouble with slander or you might not have trouble with deceit or hypocrisy. You might have uh, other things. You know, you might have trouble. You might have a real quick temper. You say, well, I don't really have any trouble with malice. I just, but I'm really quick tempered and I say things and I just wish I could keep my mouth shut. Peter would say, okay, well, pay attention to that because that's an area that's going to be changed and it's going to be healed. Or some of us have trouble expressing ourselves. We, we maybe don't want to say something because, I don't know, maybe somebody will be offended. Or maybe we find it difficult to say no because somebody might get annoyed. And then we don't say no and we end up doing something and we don't really want to do it. And then that causes a lot of inner turmoil for us. Okay, Peter would say, if you see yourself doing that, pay attention because the first stage in healing is always at least to notice what we're doing. Wake up to what we're doing. If you're overscheduled, okay, wake up to it. If you're stressed, okay, admit it. If you have trouble with self-discipline, mm-hmm, yeah. Life feels a bit chaotic and out of control, okay. Okay, let's just stop and acknowledge it. Let's stop and acknowledge it. So, stress, overscheduled, doesn't really matter what it is. Growing up in the faith, number one, identify the areas that are tripping you up and causing you pain and causing those around you pain. I mean, you have to know what, we have to know what we're dealing with before we can deal with it, right? So acknowledging the problem is a great place to start. Hey, the old word, by the way, is confession. Isn't really that what confession's all about, is acknowledging something's wrong here? Yeah. So what's fascinating is, is in this passage in First Peter is, is that rather than God just work with us on a one-to-one basis, which God does, uh, God also works with us uh, within groups, right? So it's, it's sometimes it's just not enough me walking up Mount Diablo with God. Yes, can God help me and change me and heal me when I'm walking up Mount Diablo? Yeah, yeah, that can happen. But oftentimes growth happens along with other people. In other words, this idea of a group or a community or a family is so very important because oftentimes God works with us within groups. Oftentimes healing happens in the complicated, messy, frustrating, awkward amazingly wonderful realm of relationships. Because it's in relationships that we see both our strength and our weakness. And it's, it's in relationship, if we pay attention, we're going to see a lot of growth happen. It's in our relationships that we'll see where our faith grows and is stretched and is challenged 
And it's here that you, this is where you'll see growth in yourself. It's oftentimes to do with a relationship with other people. And the image that Peter uses in this passage is a building to help us understand how God works with us. And he says, come to God because you're a living stone, Peter says. So come to God. Come to God, a living stone. And then he says, and let yourselves, like living stones, let yourself be built into a spiritual house to hold the holy. It's a wonderful image. It's like the image is a building. Peter's using this idea that we are all the stones of the building and Christ is the cornerstone and the foundation. So he said, are you open to God taking you and placing you where you need to be to do what you need to do? You know, the cornerstone of a building determines, in the ancient days, the cornerstone of the building determined the design and the orientation of the building. So it was a really significant stone in the structure in Jesus' day. You had to be aligned to the cornerstone. I mean, that was everything. So Peter's using that image of a building. He's using this as an example. And he's saying, in order to grow up into all that you have been created to be, this new way of living and being, are you open to this? Because there is a, particip a participation involved here. It's like a choice. It's like an invitation. Nobody's forced to do this, by the way. If God's the builder, it's as though the builder's saying, Livingstone, I, ha I have a plan in mind for you. I have a design, you know? My, my people aren't just a random pile of rocks here. They're living stones. And, the, and then the invitation goes out. It's like, Livingstone, would you be willing to come and align yourself to the cornerstone? Would you be willing to come and align yourself to the cornerstone, Jesus, the Christ? Would you be open to that? Would you be, would you be open to being shaped like Christ? Would you be open to that? Now, <laughs> Here's the, of course, there's a caveat, right? He's saying, are you open to it? It's like, okay, well, what kind of shaping? I mean, do I need to change? Or, well, here's the thing. And this is what it often looks like. Not always, but the shaping, aligning yourself to the cornerstone. There's a strong possibility it's going to start with something that trips you up. Something that's causing you pain. Something that's causing others pain. You know? So maybe the priorities in your home are all out of balance. Uh, you know, how much time does your work get? How much time does your family get? Too much, too little. Oftentimes people just, are just one side or the other. Balance is very difficult in relationships. Um, how do you treat your spouse? your partner? How do you guide your children? 
Too much, too little. How do you deal with the bully at work? How do you deal with stress? You know, all of these ordinary, common, everyday things of life, how much will you do to get ahead and be successful? Will you actually compromise yourself in the end? Yeah, it's like living stones. Will you allow yourself to come and be aligned to the cornerstone? So, yes, the caveat is, is there a potential for lots of changes? Yeah, there is, there is. And sometimes we know full well what changes need to be made in our lives, but we can resist addressing changes for various reasons. That's why I find it fascinating that, that Peter has that, just that phrase, are you open to letting yourselves be built into something beautiful? something that will house the holy into something beautiful. Yeah, because when you say yes, well, could it affect my priorities? Most likely. Will it take courage? Yeah, most likely, because anytime you change the way you're living, it takes tremendous courage. Just like living stones, would you let yourself be built into something beautiful. It's like, I have a place for you, God says. I have a purpose for you. You belong. These are all deep human needs. Place, purpose, and belonging. When, when, when one of these is touched in any way, do I have a place here? Or do I have a purpose here? Or do I really belong here? That's extremely unsettling for us. When any one of these areas is shaken in any way, we start to question that in any way. Our whole life can feel uh, a bit out of balance. These are so, uh, we need these so much as as humans. And God is saying, I I have a place for you. And I have a purpose for you. And you you do belong. You do belong. My living stones. You are my living stones. And I know exactly what I'm building by the way. You know, several years ago, we had this gift of a pile of garden rocks at church. And one of the gardeners asked me if I would like a wall built, because it was just a pile of rocks there. And uh, he didn't use mortar. He had a hammer and a chisel, and he'd pick up a stone, and he would shape it and place it. And after years and years of experience, he could tell what shape the stone had to be. You know, where's the best fit? And to this day, you can see that wall today because it's our, it's our kitchen garden wall. And I often think of that, that gardener, you know, when I, when I go past that wall, you know, because it was just a pile of throwaway rocks and then, you know, in the builder's hand, it, these rocks were no longer throwaway rocks. They had purpose, place, design. And Peter uses similar image to help us understand how God works in our lives. It's like, yeah, God is well able to shape us. God is well able to place us where we need to be. Uh, does that mean 
chipping off the jagged, unnecessary edges. Yeah, 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 of course, that's a part of it, right? We all know that change, changing unhelpful habits, we all know that this isn't easy, right? So there's no surprise. We know that change is sometimes, even if it's when it's for the better, it can be downright painful, right? Yeah, so of course you're going to have your jagged edges chipped away, of course. But when, when you're a living stone and you're in God's hand, that makes a huge, I mean, not huge. It makes a world of difference. When I speak to people who have either no sense of God in their lives or very, a very, very little sense that God is a part of their lives, one of the things I notice over and over again is that they're pretty much on their own to figure things out. Now, yeah, of course you can ask your friends and your family and everything. Of course you can. But, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're lying in your bed and you're thinking about things. It's pretty much up to you. You know, without God, it's pretty much up to you. But here Peter is saying, now, now listen, people, now that you know this Christ, this resurrected one, now that you've come to God, your life's in God's hands. Your life is in God's hands. And the divine builder is involved here. And it's a hands-on job. Meaning, whatever struggles we face, whatever worries we have, whatever plans we have, or hopes or desires, right? Peter says, okay, are you open to God shaping you and changing you? Don't just jump on ahead and do what you impulsively do. This is great coming from Peter, by the way, because he was one not that long ago who, um, well, this will be a few years on in his faith journey now. But, uh, you know, he was pretty impulsive at one point in his life. But here he's saying, you know, are you open to God shaping you and changing you? And that openness is the key because when we resist, we keep doing what we've always done right? We know this from experience. And we know this from helping others. If you're trying to help someone who resists, first of all, you already know they're resisting. Because in a way, when someone resists, it's like, no, I don't want to be built into anything. It's like, okay, okay, they're not ready. They're not ready then. But when we get tired of resisting, when we get tired of living our lives the way we're living them, when it's just not working for us and we're tired of it and we know it, that's the opening for God. You know, that's the opening for the spirit of God, the energy of God. It's like, yeah, I'm really ready for a change. And I want what, I want what you want for me. My way isn't enough. You know, that's a state of openness. The, the state of openness, the heart state of openness is flexible, not too insistent, and certainly more humble. Just a little gentler, a little more flexible, a little less resistant. It's like, God, I think maybe you should place me where you think is best. I, I, yeah, I'm the living stone and I'm willing 
to come to you and be shaped. And that becomes the prayer and the heart cry as we are held in the divine builder's hand. It's like, God, you have a plan for me. You have a purpose for me. You have a place for me. And I can rest in that. You're the builder. I'm the living stone. Place me wherever you think is best. Yeah, the prayer and the heart cry. Thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.